Hey, what's up? This is Matt Beats, and this is Simply Explaining Insurance. This is a show where I tell you what you need to know about insurance in a way that you can understand it. Because I know what you don't know about insurance, and I know what you need to know. All right, we're going to stay on this train for a little while. I have another guest on this week. I uh, just had some requests from some people to be on the show, and I get a lot of requests. I turn most of them down, but once in a while, I find somebody that I do want to have on the show. Uh, last week, I had an agent. This week, I have another agent. Okay, so on uh, this week, I have uh, my new friend, Mike Sharp from Sharp Insurance, and um, he is an independent agent. He is about to hit his third year. Congratulations, Mike. And uh, I believe he's he's doing it the right way. So he and I have communicated on and off in a number of different uh, fashions, and I just kind of like the way he does business. Uh, he reminds me of me, you know, when I started. And so the first three years are tough, and uh, they're challenging, and he is growing. He is marketing. He came from uh, a life background, which has really helped him out, and we talk a little bit about that. We we dig into what it really takes to sell life insurance because he still does that. You probably do that. There's some great conversations that we have about being able to sell more life, but we talk about how he's parlayed that skill set into running a PNC agency and the type of things he's doing. He, even, he does some marketing that that I don't enjoy doing, but he's killing it. And so I'm all about sharing information and um, helping people understand the different ways that there are to succeed in a business like this. So Mike, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us and giving us some best practices and you're doing great. So keep up the good work. All right, let's get on with it. And uh, here we go. All right. Well, I am joined today with my man, Mike Sharp from Sharp Insurance. He's the owner of Sharp Insurance. He's an independent agent, been doing it for three years on August 1st, which is in about three weeks. What's up, Mike? What's up, Matt? Thanks I love for, the show. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Congratulations on your almost three-year anniversary. That's something to celebrate for sure. Thank you. Yeah. So, so let's uh, let's tell people uh, how you're doing it. Like you're doing it. Well, you're doing really well. You're writing a lot of business out there. I think you're doing it the right way. Um, I know you've made your mistakes along the way, but let's talk some best practices. Let's. I know you have some experience with life insurance, which can be a tough sale, but it's really important. And um, so let's just let's talk shop. Okay. Yeah. Let's do so it. So, how did you get into PNC? Let's go there. Wait, and where are you from? So I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, nice. um, and I started with PNC back in um, January of 2020. I had actually, so my life insurance career kind of overlapped. I was, uh, I've worked at New York Life for a while. That's how I got my start in insurance. Nice. Um, I worked there. I became a manager, recruited a team of people, did all that. Um, but then I got the hankering for sales again, right? So as a manager at New York Life, you can't go back into sales. You basically oversee your team and that's that's it, right? Okay. job. Um, so Mass Mutual had approached me and they're like, hey, you can do both. You can go back to sales and you can manage a team. And I'm like, well, that sounds awesome. And they're oh, going to tell me, me more. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to pay me pretty well to do it. So um, I jumped ship late 2019 from New York Life to Mass Mutual and I got to Mass and um, I didn't love it. Like I left a great company. I'm still friends with the managing partner from New York Life. Like he's a great guy. We still yeah. talk, hang out all the time. And uh, so I switched to Mass Mutual. I didn't love it. Um, 
you know, no offense to them. Mass Mutual is a great company. We still have a brokerage relationship with them. I'm still friends with their managing director, but uh, his office just wasn't a good fit for me. And then, yeah, what? So, what didn't take for you when you went to Mass? Like, what was it that was like didn't feel right? So I I sell with filling, right? Like I do really well when I feel good about the product, the the situation, and understanding everything. Sure. And so their training. Um, I just didn't get that, right? Like I had grew up in the New York life system. So I knew everything from like day one, zero experience, career trainer, train, cha- career changer, job changer mm-hmm. to, hey, I'm now a partner. I manage other people. I've gotten securities licenses. I've gone out. I've hit all of the sales goals. I've gone on the sales trips. I knew everything about that company from, you know, every micro aspect. And so um, it was very easy for me to sell that company. It was very easy for me to sell that company's products because I believed them and I had grew up in that system. When I got to mass as an experienced manager and agent, um, I just, I never found that, that trigger that made me like so excited about that brand and that company. So that just never translated well for me. And so it just didn't work out. And then, yeah, that's interesting because that's interesting because, you know, the products probably were similar, but it sounds like there might've been some philosophical differences, you know, that didn't really jive with, with what they're trying to do. Yeah. They're crazy different. I mean, so they are like both powerhouse mutual companies, but um, philosophically, like you said, very, very different um, all the way down to how they treat their advisors. I mean, everything is completely different there. And so I just was like, you know, like you could have just picked me up and dropped me in Germany without ever teaching me German or anything. And I'm just like trying to eat and I can't eat and I can't (laughs) sleep. And I was just lost. And then the pandemic happened. Right. So like, you know, I'm in this new position, I'm back to selling and recruiting. And so that was a whole nother animal because selling and recruiting, you know, was sold to me like, yeah, you'll just keep doing what you're doing, keep recruiting what you're doing. And then you can still service those clients. Well, like if anybody's ever sold life insurance, you know, that's like a tough sale, right? So that's like a full-time job in and of itself. So then add on recruiting other people to sell life insurance. That's another full-time job. So it, you know, it wasn't what I thought it was, um, when I got it. So, you know, the pandemic happened and I got to work from home at that point and people weren't really holding me ridiculously accountable because everyone was at home. No one was like, Hey, you need to be recruiting and selling all this stuff. So like at that point, I'm like, man, I need to start focusing on how I'm going to get out of this company and what I'm going to do next. And that's when, um, I just got a, a PNC license and, um, you know, I approached some carriers who all kind of shut me down, but um, ultimately I ended up getting carrier appointments and, and it worked out. But um, yeah, the pandemic happening kind of helped me a little yeah. bit. Pointed you in a different direction. I've got, I've got mad respect for, for life only agents because it's a tough sale. I mean, you can't just hop in and start selling life insurance hand over fist like the first month, the first 90 days, the first six months. Like that sale is a it's a relate, it's a real relationship sale. Like you've, people really have to trust you, you know, because you're dealing with, you know, with their money, you know, and their finances, especially if you're selling permanent stuff and you're, and you're doing different strategies with selling, you know, how to, how to create income and, and wealth. And if you're doing it that way, 
those are multiple, multiple conversations. You're talking to spouses, you're having, you know, some of those sales take, take months and months, you know? And so you have to have yeah. a really deep pipeline. You've got to be really organized. And I have a lot of respect for life only agents who are making it happen, but that kind of sales cycle really can set you up. I think if you're successful on the life side to really jump into PNC and be like, Oh, this is easier than life. I mean, let's be honest, right? The, the sales cycle is significantly shorter for, for home and auto, right? Um, and, yes. and, and the level of trust does need to be there, but I don't think it needs to be as deep, you know? Um, and, and once you do onboard a PNC client, then you can build the trust and then you can pivot to the life and stuff like that. So uh, has that been kind of what it's felt like for you? Yeah, so for me, like uh, exactly all that, but at the same time, like the life experience without that, I would probably not have been successful in the PNC side because like, you know, it's like digging a ditch without a backhoe on the life side, right? Like it's just labor. Yeah. Whereas like this side, sport. like, yeah, with the sport, <laughs> like this side, you're given like this big machine and the hard hat and it's a little bit easier because the client's. Um, or I don't, I don't understand the philosophy behind it though. Right. Like I can easily sell somebody a term policy and roll over 40, $50,000 into an IRA. And that's cool. And like you said, it's more of a relationship base and all that. But like at the end of the day, when I insure your house and your car, that those things are worth so much more, but yet right. people care so much less That's about who does the business, yeah. right? Like they're like, yeah, go ahead and quote it. Sure. Okay. I saved $10. Like they don't care about <laughs> this coverage, that coverage, none of it there. You try to educate them. Cause that's how I was brought up in the business, right? Educate first, sell second. So right. I try to educate all my clients. And like, I feel like when we're done talking at the end of the sale, they know what they're doing. Maybe talk to them six months later. And they're like, I don't know, my agent put it all together. Right. But like their most expensive thing in their life, their house, which is often, you know, in the market that I'm in, right? Like 29 to 55 is their largest asset and they are like yeah whatever whatever but you, yeah but like forty thousand dollar life insurance like we need to sit down with a microscope and talk about talk about like what to do with the with that and so it's just it's funny it's a totally different sale but my experience has been that um had i not had that experience i probably wouldn't have done this that well just because i knew what it was like to build a pipeline so i'm building my pnc pipeline as if i was building a life pipeline which this pipeline just happened to be a lot easier to fill it just yeah. it, like it's just easier to fill it well let's talk about that since you said it you know what did you do to build a, a life pipeline a life pipeline. So yeah. um, just like anybody else, right? You start off, you ask your friends and family. Um, yeah. I didn't have a lot of family. So I just went out and started approaching people at the time I coached youth wrestling. And so I just knew a lot. I was already intimate with like a lot of families, right? Like I, I had their kids for hours in a wrestling room and, you know, I started talking to them about what I was doing and I was able to sit down and, you know, at that time it was just like, Hey, just get the meeting, just get an opportunity to sit down and tell yeah. people about what you do and, and how you work with clients. And if they're a great fit for what you do, great. If not, then ask them for a referral. And so the goal was to just set those meetings to tell people what I'm doing. And so that's all I did. I just met people. I networked like a maniac and um, I would just set up meetings to tell people about what I was doing and they would, they would be interested. 
So Mike, that's one of the things that that a lot of agents aren't willing to do for one reason or another, especially in the age of internet leads and things like that. Asking for people's business, and this is a platform that I've stood on for years and I keep trying to urge and teach and tell people like how important it is to ask people for their business, you know? And a lot of people don't do it. They think that people are just going to come to you. You know, I've got a website, I've got a front door, I've got a computer, um, people are going to come to me. No one comes to you in the beginning, right? Especially with life insurance. No one's asking you for life insurance, you know, especially even if you're a PNC agent like you and I are, people don't come. We sell life insurance, but people don't come to us for life insurance. So you have to step up. You have to look someone in the eye and you have to, you have to ask for their business. Can you tell me, because I think this is one of the most important parts, like how did you start those conversations and how did you turn it into a meeting? Like, like how did you actually do it? Walk me through a fake conversation that you had with a parent of one of your kids that you were coaching that you would roll up to them and you would say, what? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of it just started with like, I was working night shift when I was doing that. So, you know, I was exhausted. I was working and I coached her kids on Saturday mornings and a lot of it was just small talk. But like, I guess for me, it took me a long time Matt, to figure out a lot of things because people ask me all the time, like, hey, how do you get leads? How did you get people to talk with you? How did you do these things? And I don't know to be honest with you. And so people started asking me that on the PNC side. And I had to sit back and think like, Hey man, how are you actually doing this? What are you doing? And a lot of it is just about the way that I just operate naturally. Like I, Mm -hmm. I naturally operate trying to talk to people and have conversation with them and make friends. And I think a lot of that is just because I grew up as a single kid. And so, you know, I'm an only child, so I didn't have like other people to play with. So I always (laughs) had to go out and talk to people and find people. But my point is, is that look, the conversations that I would have with people at these wrestling events were just shooting the breeze, right? Just kind of talking to people about their lives. And then um, my mind was always get around to talk about what they do. And if I can talk about what they do enough, um, they will eventually ask me what I do. So I constantly would talk to people and I, I, I listened to a book uh, called how to win friends and influence people. Dale Carnegie. That book changed my life because if you apply the principles of looking people in the eye, listening to them without trying to respond and actually telling, listening to their story and not interjecting with your own story, using their name several times throughout their conversation, they become fond of you. And then they, they turn it around and go, Hey, Hey, what, what about enough about me? Like enough about me, tell me about you. And that was my opportunity to jump and say, Hey, yeah, no worries, man. Like, you know what, you know, I'm a policeman, but I'm actually, trying to get out of that job you know what it's like today it's crazy um but i started i started with a company um you think we could sit down for like 15 or 20 minutes tell me a little bit about i can tell you a little bit about what we do how we work with clients i'm sure you're probably all set no worries there but you know on the happen chance that you're not you might like what we have to say and the other side is like hopefully you'll know what i do and you'll offer me a referral right and so kind of just making it real easy and soft for them so that they would be like all right he's not going to try to sell me something if i don't want anything no problem and maybe i can tell him to call my brother my cousin my somebody else right so we'd get there and i'd go through this whole thing and i would just go well tell me about your life insurance Yep. And they'd go, well, you know, I got some at work. I'm like, well, that's just terrible, dude. What if you lose yeah. that job? What if you don't have that job going for it? So tell me about your income protection if something happens to you, right? Because you're more likely to like get hurt and not die. What are you going to do? How do you fix that, right? And so we'd sit down and have those meetings and we'd uncover, you know, um, hard truths about the person. And, yep. and they would say, yeah, you know what? Let me, let me figure that out. And then it helps like, 
I don't know a lot of companies, but it helps to be backed by an awesome company. And like I said in the beginning, like I believe the program, right? That company at that time was around for 170 years, 20 plus billion dollars in assets under management, right? So many yeah. millions of dollars of in surplus. And so it was very easy to um, leverage their brand, which is something I kind of got away from. That's why I wear my brand everywhere, kind of got away from, I know you're a captive agency, so you guys like probably tout the farmers thing, but um, you know, I push my own brand now more than I do that, but sure. that took a lot of building and getting that all yeah. today. But um, I think as a new agent on the independent side, like that's important than just kind of taking the company's brand and building that because ultimately, just like I said to that client that said, well, what if you don't have that job anymore? What if I don't have that carrier anymore? Am I just that carrier's brand or am I my brand, right? right? So those things were important to me, kind of building this independent side, building my own brand, but I still work with some awesome companies and I'm still able to say that I represent and work with some phenomenal companies that are going to protect you, your family, and your assets. Yeah, I love all of that. I mean, the fact that the conversation map's pretty simple, right? Keep it on them, ask questions, be curious, keep it on them, keep it on them until they're kind of talked out and they're like, oh God, well, what do you do? Now the now you're on, you know, now you can tell them what you do. And now you can you can ask them the question that you need to ask them, right? You know, um, I usually just go with you know, when I'm talking about life insurance, there are two questions that I like to lead with, like, who do you have your life insurance with, you know, and then you're going to get really one of three answers, right? I don't have any life insurance, which is what you're hoping for, kind of, you know, two, I have it through work, which is a good one, too. And then three, they're like, oh, I've got a guy in my financial planner with so and so we've, we've worked on that, we got the plan worked out. And that's great, too, you know, as long as they're covered somewhere. You know, yeah, but what a lot of guys don't realize is that opportunity when they say, like, I have a guy, that financial planner, like, that's your opportunity as a PNC agent to meet with them, right? Because now you can meet with the financial planner, talk about, like, hey, what kind of assets does this person have? Should we be increasing sure. this umbrella policy? Do they yeah. maybe need $2 million or $5 million because they have significant assets that we don't know about? Who do right. you work with, Mr. Financial Advisor? Would you look at referring some clients over to us to, for some of those things? Because not Absolutely. a lot of PNC agents do that work, right? So um, a lot of PNC agents miss that opportunity to go out and make a connection with those financial yeah. advisors. Yeah. And then the last question that I like to ask after, you know, who's your insurance life insurance with is like, I like the open-ended that, do you have enough life insurance? Because a lot of people don't know. And then you're hoping for them to ask you a return question, right? Well, I don't know what's, what's enough. And then you're on, you know, so, and then you, you become the expert, you can take control of the conversation and then you can, you can move forward from there. So those are the two questions I love most that could, that have led to the most meetings for me when it comes to life insurance. And then you're, and then you're halfway home, you know, getting the appointment with life insurance is, is almost more than half of the battle. You know, once you're in, once they're in your space or you're in the meeting, you know, then it's just a matter of you doing your thing that you're the expert at, you know, making sure they're covered properly and building a plan for them and, and then applying and chasing the application, chasing paperwork and all this Medicals stuff. Medicals and right? doctor's <laughs> records. And, yeah, but I've, I've used that question. Um, do you have, so right, the, the do you have enough life insurance question is applicable in home insurance and auto insurance. Sure. And I don't know if a lot of people use that, right? Like, do you have enough home insurance? Like, yeah. do you have enough liability on your auto insurance? Do you have enough bodily injury and coverage on your, on your auto insurance? Yeah. Um, I've used that on both sides of the, of the yeah, I like that. Talk. 
All right. So let's talk about when you opened your shop, you know, you're just like, all right, I'm going to go P and C now. So you're starting from, from scratch, you know, how did you find the companies that you wanted to sell? You know, what was that process like? And then, you know, how did you build what you needed to build so that you could write with them? You had to get appointed with them. You've got, do you have like an aggregator or, or something like how, how do you do, you know, how did you build the bones of your business so that you could take care of people? Like, what was that process like for you? Yeah. So it was really hard actually. Cause I, I was actually going to take my series seven and in my area, there's a company called Erie and they're pretty large. I think you're out sure. last, right? So they're not out there, no. but, um, but they're, they're a, a regional carrier and I was going to take my series seven and I'm calling this guy right now, mind you, I'm a life insurance recruiter. So we would hire like everybody. So I call this PNC guy and I'm like, Hey man, I'm going to go take my series seven. I want to open up a PNC agency and I'm going to kill it and do all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, man, we're not, we're not hiring anybody right now. And I'm like, what? No. Right? Like this guy's like not hiring. I'm like, okay. So uh, I go on, take the exam, whatever, move on. And then I'm like, I, I rethink this. I'm like, dude, I really want to do this again. And I want to do it with Erie because they have an independent contract so I can represent other carriers. Um, and they kind of operate like a captive company. So they give you tons of support. I have a district sales manager. I have marketing share dollars that I get to use. They have like ridiculous, um, amounts of money that they give us for for all kinds of different things i have direct um, relationships with all my underwriters all those kind of things right so it's it's really like a big captive company but it allows you the freedom of having the flexibility of being independent right so i see uh that guy tells me no so i go and i interview with like state farm i interviewed with goosehead i looked at sia which is an aggregator iroquois mm -hmm. group which is an aggregator and i look at all these companies and i'm like Nah, I think I want to be an independent agent. I want to work with Erie Insurance. So I see an ad on LinkedIn from their branch manager. Like, hey, we're going to be hiring agents in your area, blah, blah, blah. So I just hit the Pittsburgh area vice president manager and said, I'm in. So I had that you said you were hiring, but the last guy told me you weren't. What's up with that? She's like, let's meet, right? So I didn't have my license yet. <laughs> I meet with this lady and she's like, well, you need to get your license. So I take a month, I get my insurance <laughs> license for PNC and we uh, get back together. Now, because they operate like a captive agency, the appointment was very difficult, right? Like five-year business plan, meet with all these people, home office visits, all this stuff. Luckily, it was pandemic time, so I didn't have to actually travel to Erie, Pennsylvania, but uh, <laughs> I met everyone virtually. Um, and so long story short there, they gave me the appointment. Um, and I started with them August 1st, 2020. I got some other, um, all of my carrier appointments are all direct. So um, we don't use an aggregator for any of them. They always just kind of made me nervous with their clauses and exit clauses. And SIA was the biggest one. They had a 15 year like clause before you could get out. And the guy told me that I'm like, dude, I'm not marrying you. Like right. I want to date a little bit first. <laughs> and, uh, that's not how that worked with them. Right. So that wasn't a good fit for me, but so we went direct with every carrier. Um, but Erie is our largest carrier. We work with them the most. They have some of the best rates and they have the best relationship with our agency when it comes to um, support, both educational wise and financially. Great. Great. So uh, when you, Went through all of that, you know. You open your doors on August first, like it was, what a was Saturday. Your, it was on a Saturday, right? Yeah, I didn't Did care, you, but I was coming in. Nope. What was your first uh, like six months like? Like, what was your plan? Like, how did you go out and get business? Did you hire anyone? Was it just you? Like, um, what was your marketing plan? Like, how are you going to build this new pipeline? Tell me about what your first six months was like. Yeah. So I put together all these documents and stuff for Erie and like, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I'm not a 
big fan of business plans just because they just never go like you sit there and write them down. Like I'm six, seven months into the year now. And I'm like, you know, a couple weeks ago, redid what I was going to do the second half of the year, because like yeah. none of that happened. Right. We moved offices this year. So I have a much bigger space now and staff and all that. But uh, so the first six months um, were, they weren't that bad to be honest with you. I mean, I like, again, I came from life insurance. So I knew like, dude, you have to prospect, you have to get out there and find people that are going to let you quote their insurance. Right. So this right. was a lot easier of a sell than life insurance. So it was very easy for me to, um, I literally just picked up my cell phone on that Saturday and I opened the notes and I created a note and it's still in there. And it just says, Hey, you know, I've been in insurance for a while, but I've opened up an insurance agency. I'm sure you have auto insurance and home insurance. I'd really be surprised if you didn't, but we opened up an agency. If you'd love a quote or, you know, someone who would please send them my name, starting a new business is tough. Hashtag small business. Thanks. And I so for about six hours, I just went through each alf alphabetic letter on my phone. So like nice. the first hour, I just text that to every person on my phone that name started with an A, B, C. I love it. E, and I went all the way through <laughs> every contact I have all the way to Z. That yielded me a lot of quotes. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of people. But the problem was, though, I didn't know what I was doing, Matt. So, like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I didn't know I love it. like all this stuff that I needed to do the quotes. I didn't know like roof dates and furnace date and all this stuff. Right. And I was just like crazily uh, overwhelmed with everything that I needed to do. Um, but, you know, ultimately I was able to manage and, and I, and I worked through the system and, and kind of figured some things out. Yeah, but man. Like that's, that's the one thing. Did. Yeah. You don't, that's the one thing is, you know, again, asking the people for business is important, right? You did the great job at that. Like you had hundreds of people that you probably reached out to, you know, and then as they started coming in, like you said, you realize you're like, oh, I don't really even know how to quote properly yet, you know, but what a great way to do it, you know, by volume, right. By me. And then by probably making some mistakes and a lot, and, and then not repeating those mistakes. I remember doing that plenty of times where, you know, you do the quote and then maybe you validate the quote and it comes back different. You got to figure out, well, what did I do wrong on the quote? Well, I didn't put the right date in, you know, the year the roof was wrong. You know, you maybe you, I'm sure you wrote some, some houses that maybe weren't even eligible, you know, and then they got declined after inspection or something like that. And that's a horrible way to onboard a new client. So you're like, I'm never going to do that again, you know? And so you continually refine your process through making mistakes, which is totally normal. You know, a lot of things can be undone or fixed, but as long as you're learning along the way and you're not repeating those mistakes, you'll just become kind of leaner and more efficient. So that's, it, yeah. that's a lot to learn. I mean, you know, it's easy to do a quote, but it's also really easy to mess it up. You know, it's, so one of the things that I do that is probably not great is I, 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 I take on things all the time that like, I don't actually know what to do. And yeah. I just lean on every resource that I possibly can well, I to help it. me figure it out. Right. Like, so like right now I'm writing my first garage policy. I've never Exciting. done that. 
right right but like i didn't know like in the system where to add rt plates and how like what they cost and all that stuff right, right. like i didn't know like the different nuances of the coverage but what i did was i just became a student of that product so our carriers yeah. offer different like um webinar classes on it that are already saved and so like i watched like seven of them yeah right? like, i try so like i figured it out and my my goal is that like okay now i know how to do that garage policy i just need to find larger ones right so right. they're all the same whether you have two rt plates or 17 rt plates it's the same button that you click to add the plates. Right. Right. So, right. So, um, you know, that's that in the beginning, like that's how I was with home and auto, right? Like sending quotes without running MVRs and clue reports, <laughs> like, oops. oops. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, I know so. and the systems have gotten a little bit more foolproof these days. Sometimes the quotes won't even let you continue or they'll tell you now that they're ineligible. We're in the past. Like, like sometimes, we were able to issue home policies and now the system's gotten smarter where it won't let us, you know? And so, so there's been some help there. And I remember, you know, I'll tell a quick story about, I did something similar that you did with dealers or um, garage keepers that, that I did with restaurants is I was doing a review of one of the restaurants that I wrote and I sat down with the the business partner. This isn't the person that I wrote the policy with. It was his oh. business partner. It was a silent partner. He was like the money, you know, and I sat down with him when we did a review and a restaurant policy has whatever, 30 coverages or something like that. And I go and I meet him and, and, and we're going through it line by line. And it comes out in the meeting that his business partner is a lawyer. And so he's running me through all these different scenarios. What if this happens? What if that happens? And I was still pretty fresh, especially on the commercial side. And I was, you know, I had to say, I was like, you know what? That's a great question. I don't know, but I will find out for you. And he did that with like four or five coverages. Oh, what's this for? And what's that for? And these are coverages that, and I don't want to guess. I don't be like, well, that probably does this or that probably does that. I was like, I'll find out. And then I would run back to the office and I'd call my underwriter. And I was like, I had this list of questions and I asked him all the questions and he got me all the answers. And then I would go back and have another meeting with the lawyer. And I was like, Hey, um, here are all the answers. And then he had follow-up questions. Well, what about this? And what about, and like, he sent me back probably two or three times to my underwriter. That was, I was happy to do all of that for him. I wasn't frustrated. This was a total learning experience for me. But when I was done, like I probably knew more about my restaurant product, you know, than 90% of my peers. And I felt really confident, you know, speaking with other restaurant owners about their coverage now that I knew all that stuff. And so it was, that's how I learned, you know, it was. Yeah, I did the same thing. I mean, the relationship with the underwriters is huge. Uh, My traveler's underwriter is awesome like i can call her most companies i say they're the anti-sales department this lady is like all about it she's like how do we get it in let's make sure it fits like i love working with her i can call her and i do the same thing i, I kind of phrase a little bit different other than like uh, let me find out because i found some people get upset about that and they're like oh well you don't know so i was like you know that's a really good question i know that coverage does this but i want to just dive into the details and make sure i tell you every single aspect of what that coverage does so that you're better equipped going forward and i yeah. found that response to be a little bit better than uh, let me find out just because yeah. 
like it's mostly lawyers and engineers that are a real pain in the rear. Totally. Yeah. Because they are just so analytical. Like it could cost 90 times more. They don't care about that. They're so to the letter of what is in the contract. Right. To your point, like you were better than 90% of your peers. Like you kind of have to be that way when you're working with that group of people. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, what's been working for you the most? Like, how are you, how are you getting business these days? You're in, you're in year three. Are you, are you getting mostly referrals? Are you still out fishing? Are you marketing? Like, what do your marketing systems look like today? You know, what's, um, what's been most successful for, I know you're great with getting reviews. I've seen your reviews. I know that that's important to you. It's really smart because there's a lot of social proof that comes with those things and your phone's probably starting to ring more and more because of those things. So, so what kind of things are you doing to grow your business today? Yeah. So I, I do everything. Um, and we talked before, but I do, the biggest thing that I do is just, I try to super focus on one area and then I saturate that market. So, um, like where the school, where my kids go to school, um, we, According to my accountant, we didn't donate. We advertise. We right. uh, we advertise in every single publication that we're asked for. So if you have the hockey team and you need a hundred bucks for your T signs for your golf outing, we're in. Football, we're in. Hockey, cheerleading, soccer, uh, musicals, cheerleading, band, everything. I and I mean everything, and it's. It does them wonders. It's great because um, it's an opportunity to give back to the community. Um, people just kind of love that, you know, small business, giving back to the community, um, you know, feel. So um, that's what I did the first two years. I hyper-focused on saturating my local market. That's why I wear my logo just about everywhere I go. I was actually at the dealership today getting an oil change on my truck and uh, the one general manager, his name's Sharp. And the guy's walking. Nice. He goes, hey, look at that. That guy's name's uh, Sharp. And he goes, <laughs> yeah, I've seen his commercials on TV. Right? Oh, wow. Like So, so um, <laughs> you know, everything. Uh, earlier this year, uh, we I did a billboard for the first time, which I thought was going to be a completely waste of money because i'm like i've never personally called anyone from a billboard i mean they look right. cool we drive up and down the street like i'm never doing that the guy kept harassing me he wanted me to do it wanted me to do it i made him he's like just make me an offer it was the end of december and i made him like a ridiculously disgusting offer for like an eight thousand dollar space i'm like dude i'm not paying you eight grand i'm not interested in doing that he's like well just make an offer so i made him an offer which was like seven times less and he's like, all right. And I got three months on this billboard. And when I tell you, like, my phone and people were, like, out of control about it, it was unbelievable. Like, if he called me again, I would do it. But I'm not going to call him. I don't want to be in that <laughs> position. But <laughs> it was unbelievably well. So I try to do everything. But the biggest thing, like you talked about earlier, is just word of mouth. Like, um, if you're around here or you know someone that knows me, you know what I do. And mm -hmm. when you think about that, you'll hopefully think of me first. And yeah. that's my only goal. Like when you get your insurance renewal in the mail from farmers, no offense, hopefully you'll be disgusted and you'll think <laughs> of me and you'll be like, I'm going to call Mike Sharp now. And that has been the most successful part of just people knowing what I do and knowing that if they need me, they can, they can get a hold of me and we can help them out. So let me ask you, Mike, that's awesome that you've kind of carpet bombed like these little, you know, micro communities like schools and things like that. 
do you do anything else? Because that's in my book, you know, that's passive advertising, right? Like I don't do a lot of passive advertising because I, I haven't found a, a way to make that work yet. But what do you do on top of that? You know, you've got your name all over the school, you know, but I'm guessing that you're showing up at events and things like that too, at the school too. And they're kind of being like, well, there's this guy, there's Mike, and there's his name on the wall, or there's his name in the, like, what do you do on top of that, you know, to have people come to you? Or is it really yeah, just like, so, I just want my name everywhere so that people see my name and then they associate with insurance. And then when I show up, you know, like, Hey, you're the insurance guy, you know, and yeah. is that kind of, you know, that's a lot of it. For? I mean, that's a lot of it. And then the other one is just um, like, when I get an opportunity, really knock it out of the park really like as soon as i get an opportunity like we're calling you we're on top of it you're getting your quote back we are doing our best to educate you and save you money and make sure that you know we're canceling your old policy um we're we're just providing chick-fil-a service to everybody yeah you're a total pro and yeah and when you do that and people are so excited about like man i just switched to this company and we're just like right there like hey can you leave us a google review yeah. And they're doing it when they're so excited about like, hey, I just switched insurance. It was so easy. This company's awesome. I loved working with them. They feel good about it. We're taking that. We're posting it onto social media. I didn't talk about that, but I do a lot, a lot on social media. My wife and I were discussing it last night. We probably live my life on social media a little bit yeah. too much, but um, people like to relate, right? Like I do a lot of different things between ATV riding, motorcycling, camping. I have kids, you know, people want to do business with people that they relate with. And totally. um, so I do a lot of different things and, and I'm able to relate to a lot of different people, but um, you know, I get a lot of clients, like I'll be out ATV riding almost every weekend. I'd go and do that. Someone's like, Oh, call. I had one guy, he called me. He's like, hey, man, I didn't realize you were an insurance agent. We were out ATV riding. This dude calls me. He's got like a $200,000 yacht. He's got a big, huge camper, his house, cars, motorcycle, jet ski, everything. He's like, I don't even know who I work with here. Bang. Done. There was nothing to talk about, man. It was so easy. I Good barely even knew the guy. He looked me up on Facebook and called my main office number to yeah. even get a hold of us. And so, you know. It's just being out there. Like I'm a salesperson. I'm not a hermit. I'm not, I can't sit in the office and hope, like you said, people are going to walk through my door and buy insurance. I got to get out there, tell people what we do. But then when we, when we get out there and we get an opportunity, you got to crush it. You yep. can't just be all talk. You got to take it to the next level with the opportunity that you get. And so, you know, a lot of it is I'm just really appreciative of those opportunities. And I tell people that, like, I really appreciate you allowing us to quote your insurance. You don't know totally. how much this means to me. I know you have a lot of options and different people that you can go to. And I really appreciate you giving us the opportunity to do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, somebody said something to me a, a few, a, a while ago, because I was low, my book's pretty big at this point, And I was worried because I don't know everybody in my agency right now. I just don't. I've had producers that have brought people in and we've got a good size book of business and, and like, I don't know all 7,000 of my clients. It's impossible. Can I talk about that real that. quick? Can I talk yeah. about that real quick? Because yeah. like I had that problem. Like when I first started, I knew every single person yeah. and the first person I hired, she's like, how do you know all this? And I'm like, I did it all. I know every single person, what car they have, what coverage they have, where they're at. Fast forward to almost starting three years now. And I'm like, uh, who's that? I don't yeah. know that person. Like what, what are they? I'm like going into our management system. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. You've been a client this long. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one thing that, um, 
that a marketing guy told me that really stuck with me and really helped me kind of get over that hump. Cause I was kind of nervous. I was like, are they going to stay with me if they don't know me and this and that. Um, and to speak to what you're doing on social media, and if you're sending out new newsletters via email or whatever you're doing, you know, to stay in front of your people, he goes, Matt, it's not important that you know everybody. He goes, what's important is that they feel like they know you. And I was like, oh, that's great. Because if you're putting out stuff on social, you know, you're, you've got a family, you love to ATV, you're involved in schools. And if you're blasting all that stuff out there and people are seeing it, they, they don't know, know you, but they know what you're about and they know what's important to you. You know, there's a tone and a, and a, and a, you know, a flavor to what you're putting out. And if that connects with people, they do, they feel like they know you. That's the power of social media, because how many times have you met somebody in real life that you've never met, but you follow? followed on social media for a year or so. There's some warmth to that initial interaction. You kind of know each other, right? And that's the same kind of thing for us who, who have books of business where you don't know everybody. I have people come in here all the time like, oh, I see your picture all the time, or I've read your newsletter, or I see that you did this. I mean, I think that is really where the connective tissue is. You know, as your book grows, you've got to be present in a way so that people feel like they know you and there's real power to that, you know? It's a little scary though, because like I'll have people walk up to me like, hey, you're Mike Sharp. And I'm like, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, I know. And then you're scrambling, you're like, uh, and it's probably, and if it's a client, right, they start talking to you like they know you and you've got to be like, oh man, I've got to get to this conversation where I where I know where this person is. And that happens all the time. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a fun little game that you have to play. <laughs> it is. Know? It's terrifying though. Like people are like, cause I like said, I live my life on social. So like, I'm constantly getting like, Hey, I saw you guys were on the beach last week and blah, blah, right. blah. And I'm like, yeah, I was, I didn't realize yeah. everybody was actually watching all of this, but yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, what's next for you, man? You got anything you get to keep riding this wave? You're going to be onboarding something new. Like what's year four look like for you? Yeah. So, um, right now we just moved offices. Thankfully we're like finally in a bigger space. We have, you know, some separation. I hired a second person, um, just over three months ago now. So that's great. Just because the two of us were, we were just bogged down. We couldn't keep up with like the amount of quotes we had that, like even now there's a ton in there to do and like well you know i i'm here till 7 38 o'clock a lot of nights just to clear that pipeline out so that their jobs are easier the next day on getting new people into our system and the quotes are out but um so next i mean you know we're gonna i need to hire an agent um somebody that else somebody else that sells insurance that just doesn't worry about doing service work they literally come here they sell the opportunities that they get they get their own opportunities but um just just some you know i gotta hire another agent like now so that's a lot of my focus through this next quarter which is pretty much on plan with what i wanted to do this year the first part of the year was to onboard a second person that's only service get them trained help them do what they need to do Um, and then move offices that was second quarter so we moved offices in the second quarter and now here we are the start of this quarter right? I mean, third yep. quarter three. Yeah. So um, this is just the find a person, find a good person, find a shark, find a monster, find somebody that wants right. to crush um, sales opportunities, bring them in to our ecosystem. Yeah. And then um, quarter four, onboard that person. So, you know, that's a nice quarter because it's not overly, well, it's not overwhelmingly 
busy, but right. it'll be an opportunity to watch carrier videos, meet carrier reps, learn our management system, do some quoting and stuff, right? Because yeah. number one goal is always, you know, three to six quotes a day. Nice. So, you know, continuously um, doing that, but just kind of instilling those principles. And I think you talked about that before, but I've always done that where yeah. like I need three to five solid quotes every day. That's so important. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know I'm going to win, you know, 80% of those. So yeah. I mean, you can totally, you can make whatever number you want, mm. you know, yeah. if you want to make, you know, $300,000 this year, you know, or whatever, you might have to do eight quotes a day because you're going to close six of them, you know, or whatever, but you know, there, uh, you can always reverse engineer your numbers if you know what your closing ratio is and you have the ability to do real quotes. I mean, that's, yeah. I think you have to put something tangible there in front of people too, right? Like, yeah, you like, if you can honestly get three good quotes and I don't mean like BS, like someone's going to the car dealership today and they're they right. got one car and they just got that car. I mean like solid home auto umbrella offer life, right? Yeah. Three of those a day, solid. You'll, you'll be successful in this career. I don't know. And I don't know what people are doing. Like I, I'm in a lot of different groups and I'm like, I don't, I have guys that are like, well, you know, I should do this with Google and I'm trying to do this with Facebook and I'm trying to do this with this system and this management system and this, and I'm, I'll never do that again, but they're doing so many things other than sitting there going, where do I find three people? Right. How do I find, how do I find three people today? I know I call it fake work. You know, I call it, it's because though it's, it's, it's an avoidance, right? They're doing things that feel busy that don't move the needle because you're hundred percent right, Mike, like three quotes a day can change your life. Like run the numbers. Yeah. That's 15 quotes a week times mm -hmm. four. That's 60 quotes a month, right? Multiply that by, let's say your closing ratio is 70%. You're going to write 42 households. You know, if you quote three a day and your closing ratio is 70%, 42 mm. households times two and a half policies per household, you know, on average is going to net you over a hundred policies a month, you know? So, I mean, that's, I can't, you can't make it any more simple than that, but you're right. Three households a day to quote that are real households from people who have said, yes, Mike, give me a quote. That's where the real work is, period. Just you can three, dick around, that's you it. can dick around all day, you know, deleting emails and you know, doing Google reviews and you know, Facebook ads, and you could spend you could burn a lot of money and a lot of wasted time, and it's not gonna net you anything. But if you walk yeah. up and down the street, you might be able to find three people in an hour to quote, you know, like, well, that's the other thing. Like, get if you don't have three people to quote, get out of your office because yeah. they're not in there. They're like nobody at your office is going to buy insurance. Right. So you got to go find, like, if you don't know where to go, just go sit in Panera, do the exact <laughs> same thing you're doing in your right. office at Panera bread, right. and wait for somebody that, you know, walk in and they'll ask right. you what you're doing and you'll tell them I'm working and right. like, what do you do? And then yeah. you can start that whole conversation. But yeah, if you're just sitting there waiting to figure out, like, how can I get Google to send me three good leads today? Oh, thank you. I'll buy your agency tomorrow. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> God, I love it. Well, man, uh, you're killing it. You're doing all the right things. I love your mentality. I love your work ethic. I think you're smart. You know, you're obviously very personable. You're a total sales freak. You know, I, uh, you're approachable. Um, you know your stuff. And, you know, you're really wired to be successful in this field, which is, which is rare. So congratulations on your success. I know you've got thank you. a lot of really good things coming your way. Um, and yeah, keep up the good work. You're killing it.
appreciate it, man. That's, uh, that's awesome. And, you know, coming into it, like, I just didn't know, right. Like I didn't yeah. know anything. So like my plan, I'm like, I'm going to do $25,000 a month and that's going to be like really good. And I, I don't think we've ever had a month where we did 25,000 in premium. So, you know, coming into it and just not really knowing what to do and just listening to people like you. And I, I listened to your podcast for a long time before I even got into it. And uh, it's just awesome that like people like you say those kind of things about me and I, I really appreciate it. And I don't know, um, you know, how that happened, but you know, here we are. I know. I felt the same way. I'm like, I built my business too. And sometimes I was like, I don't know how I did it. You know, and sometimes, you know, our skill sets just align with the career that we end up in. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, you put a lot of thought into what you've done. You, you're obviously insightful. You've, you've thought about what you've done. You know, you've reflected on what's made you successful, you know, and the things that that we need to do you know, come naturally to you, which is, which is a blessing, you know? And so, um, that's a tough that's job. That's where I get lucky. I still like the other hat that we didn't really talk about is the agency owner hat. Yeah. And like that is a whole nother animal. And that's probably where I struggle the most because I do understand the sales side and can do it. But this business side is probably the most difficult part, managing employees, yeah. managing their time, managing your time to do not just because this is a lot more than just going out and selling insurance policies. There's a ton of other oh things to do totally. that I'm doing on Saturday afternoon and Sundays yeah. because there's just not time during the week to do those things. But, you know, that's a whole nother hat, whole nother conversation on, yeah. on agency ownership side. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that next time. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, congratulations again. Thank you for coming on, man. You've, you've said so much that I think is really important that other agents are going to hear. And um, uh, it's things that, that I've been saying for years and having other agents, you know, say it, that it works, you know, going out, doing the quotes, doing the real work, asking, chasing, building the pipeline, having relationships, you know, being trustworthy, building trust, like all those things are really the core of what is going to make us successful. So I appreciate you kind of, you know, doing those things and, and, and reiterating the things that I believe in. And it's nice to hear other people say that that stuff still works and <laughs> that that's the core of what we do. So, yeah. So, absolutely. yeah. So well done. All right, buddy. We'll All keep right. it up Thanks. and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Already. I'm in. Well, there you go. Thank you, Mike, for coming on and sharing your story with us. Like I said, you said so much that I agree with. Actually, we have this on video. I might uh, be able to put some additional content out, but you can see Mike talking and like I'm just sitting there in the Zoom and my head is just nodding up and down, up and down. I just, uh, I love the way that you're growing your business. So thanks for sharing. Hey, my name is Matt. This is Simply Explaining Insurance. You can find me all over the place. I'm on LinkedIn. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Deeds Agency. Uh, also, don't forget to check out my master program at agencylaunch.net where I teach you everything you need to know to run an agency and be successful and uh, avoid all of the massive landmines that are laid out in front of you. Um, I've stepped on most of them and I want to help you avoid them. So, uh, agencylaunch.net. All right. Uh, again, appreciate you listening. And anyway, on the way.